Welcome to Call the Binge Wife. Have you experienced an episode of your life where you find it hard to decide? We all go through seasons where it just seems we cannot find what we're looking for, eventually spiralling out of control while doom scrolling a menu with far too many options. That's when you need Call the Binge Wife. Ruth and Roger have emptied their bladders, grabbed their favourite snacks and spent countless hours watching TV to help you figure out what to skip and what to binge. So sit back, relax and call the binge wife. Now, here are your hosts, Ruth and Roger. Thanks, Andrew. Welcome everyone to another episode of Call the Binge Wife. Ruth, what show are we going to be reviewing today? Yes. Hi, everyone. Today we are reviewing... Harlem seasons one and two. Awesome. I'm looking forward to doing that. And before we get there, just wanted to thank everybody for listening in. And we have created a a Facebook group for people to join, to interact with us and others that are binge watching stuff, get other people's opinions, share what you're watching, all that kind of stuff. You can find that Facebook group uh, in the show notes of this episode. So we invite you to come out. It's free. Uh, and hang out with us and some other people that love to binge watch TV. Ruth, tell us, what's the synopsis for Harlem? In Harlem, four New York City-based women in their 30s who met at NYU become friends. At Columbia University, Camille is an anthropology professor who is aiming for tenure. She leverages her experiences navigating single life in New York City a year after a bad breakup to enrich her lectures for the well-liked Sex and Modern Love course. So Camille's friends, dating app tycoon Ty, wannabe singer Angie, and failing fashion designer Quinn come together to prevent Camille from disintegrating into a large tub of ice cream for days when her ex Ian unexpectedly returns to the city. And although Camille serves as our starting point, Harlan provides equal weight to its four female stars, all of whom have complicated romantic histories and significant professional obstacles. The episode, The Strong Black Woman, explores the risks of internalizing that unique American label, while Camille and Ian argue over a new French fusion restaurant that's contributing to the gentrification of Harlem. Ty, the creator of the first dating app for queer people of color, struggles greatly when she starts dating a white woman. And Harlem weaves these heavier subjects together with sharp insights about the quest for love, success, and Black joy. Awesome. You always do a great job of letting us know what the show's about. So here's some of the data behind the show. It's Harlem. We're going to cover seasons one and two. First season dropped December 2021. Second season dropped February 2023. It is TVMA. I think it has a little bit of nudity and it has a lot of swearing. So it's definitely TVMA. Where to watch is Amazon Prime. It has about 18 episodes. I think there were 10 in the first season, 8 in the second. The genre is comedy, drama, or dramedy. And production staff, a note, executive producers are Pharrell Williams, Amy Poehler from Saturday Night Live, and Tracy Oliver, who's a writer, actress, and worked on the movies like Barbershop Next Cut and Girls Weekend. Girls Weekend. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good movie. The cast of note is Megan Good, who plays Camille, Jerry Johnson, who plays Ty, uh, Shaniqua Shande uh, plays Angie, and Grace Byers plays Quinn to round out the four friends. Also turning in good performances are Whoopi Goldberg as Camille's uh, idol and boss, 
and Jasmine Guy from 90s fame on A Different World plays Quinn's mom, Patricia, and does a really good job at being kind of a nasty parent. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes scores 100% from the critics, so the critics seem to to like it a lot. Viewers, not quite as much at 78%. Wow, 100 Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 versus 78. That's a that's a pretty wide range between the critics and the viewers. So I find that very interesting. Mm-hmm. Awards of note uh, to none to date. So Ruth, why did we watch this? How did we decide that this was something that we were going to consume? It looked fun to me. I wanted to watch a black show, no white characters, or at least not many. I was like, hey, I'm, let's watch this. I'm going to watch this. And the trailer looked great. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I, I'm always up for a good laugh. I like I like I like funny stuff. I'm all, although I had my reservations about it looking too much like Sex in the City. I'm not a brain dead TV watcher, so I don't like I don't like. <laughs> Are you saying Sex in the City it's is pretty like vapid. for brain dead? I'm sorry, it's pretty vapid. <laughs> it's just you know, yeah, it's yeah. I'm not a big fan. So so I was it has concerned. cultural uh, a lot of cultural things. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Sure it does. And so anyways, <laughs> I I was a little concerned about watching it from that perspective, but it turned out to be better than I thought, and I'm glad that we watched it. So tell us, Ruth, what was your first positive from Harlem that you that you enjoyed? My first positive is that although it can seem like just another show about female friends navigating in love and life in a big city, <clears throat> as you mentioned, sex in the city, but <laughs> it actually stands out because of the strong acting and writing. The characters are really well thought out. They're all, yes. So that is my first positive. How about yours? Yeah, mine's very similar. All four of the lead female characters of the friend group I wasn't real familiar with their acting chops before the show began. And mm-hmm. I kind of like watching shows like that. I like enjoy yeah. seeing new people. Um, yes. And Me yeah, too. we're going to talk about that in another episode this, this season about how that didn't work out so well for me um, right. for national treasure. But for this show, I, I thought they all put in very strong performances uh, as a group, as individuals. I thought they did a great job. And so I was very, very uh, pleased with their acting level and being able to perform and, and deliver what had been written. And sometimes people can do that and sometimes they can't. And they, yeah. they, they all excelled, I thought, very well at that. How about your second one? My second one. I'm lumping these together, the setting and That's the not fashion. Fair. I know. <laughs> I know. I just put them together. Does it have to be one at a time? So they are both like additional characters. So how about if I say this additional characters in the show, that's my one second, like I'm being very specific now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you, you justified it. Go ahead. Okay. Thanks. Harlem is so key to the story. It is everything for the characters lives, their favorite restaurants, where they go, their work, people they hook up with the people who are on the dating app. Um, everything and everyone is there. So it's, it's cool to see that. Also, Harlem is experienced gentri- experiencing gentrification. So they're talking about that in the storyline. And the fashion tells each of their stories. And they're all four of them are very, they're different characters. They have similarities. And it's just part of 
part, a big part of the story, I think. So can you imagine Angie in boring clothes? No way. Yeah, the, Angie's the party girl character, and she's uh, an actress, a Broadway actress and singer. And so yeah, you got to have her in some kind of outlandish clothes, I think, a little bit. A colorful, <laughs> not yeah, even colorful. outlandish. The volume, she's a, the volume's turned way up. It's, it's, on, it's on 11, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Definitely on 11. How about you? What is your second one? I liked how they approached um, the characters' insecurities. I mean, we all are insecure about something for sure, and are all trying to deal with it in our own ways. And but they didn't let those insecurities like totally take over the characters, and that's I, I appreciated that. The, there wasn't as much neurosis, I think, <laughs> involved in the characters. They were just kind of being and, and living and doing their thing, and I appreciated that where it wasn't just constantly you constantly know. about the neuroses is that a right nor wow i don't know neuroses i don't know I make we have words good. all the time i don't care i do too so i think that's good and how they re- they related to each other yeah that's interesting i like that yeah i mean quinn is definitely based on her mom's behavior towards her struggling with you know self-doubt and all those things because her mom's so horrible of a person to her just constantly comparing her and to others and belittling her and all that kind of stuff. So um, sometimes with moms, that's not luckily has been your experience was not your experience was not my experience with my mom. Luckily, sometimes she would be like, well, what did you do wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it was something with friends, I'm like, Hey, wait. Yeah. So to stick up for me always. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I enjoyed that part of it that it didn't seem like it was uh, overbearing. The their insecurities were overbearing to the rest of the cast or the or the stories. I thought that was good. And they have them, but it just wasn't as overbearing as I thought it might have been. Got How it. about you? What's your what's your last positive? Quinn. So as you mentioned, Quinn's character played by Grace Byer. So this could be seen a little bit in opposition to your second one, but I think just the depth of her character. So exploring her first same-sex relationship. I did not see that coming. I don't know if you did. As well as showing struggles with depression and mental health. And you just mentioned, yeah, the or we talked about the strained relationship with her mom. But all of those things enrich the show of how real they are. She can be real. And also, it's not just yeah, focusing on those things, but it adds to the heart and the depth and the emotion that the show already has um, for me. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Like I said, I think they all have insecurities, but they're not stuck in them, right? Yeah. I, I think that good storytelling characters transform in some form or fashion. In life, or maybe that's right. what we want for ourselves, right? Like we are struggling with things, but not overcome, or it's mm-hmm. not like the focus a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So I think otherwise a- we would never get out of bed probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that's a good theme for the show that there is transformation. You know, all the characters in some form or fashion transform their, their selves or at least rec, you know, are introspective enough to recognize where they're at and say, yeah. do, I, do I need to change or is this okay? And I thought that yeah. the, the writing did a good job of that. And like I said, in the beginning, the actors did a great job of, delivering on that writing yeah 
Definitely. Okay, so Roger, what's your third? What's your last positive? Yeah, I was really impressed with Jerry Johnson's Ty character. Uh, I thought it was. Oh yeah. You know, for me, it was a fresh take on on the LGBTQI plus characters that you've seen in the past that tend to be just comic relief or are out there being promiscuous or those kind of things. Although she is, she's very much a player. Um, she has she has some stuff that she's working through about that. And, uh, and I thought that was really good. There's the really good scene where she's trying to be the person that just doesn't date around, but, you know, find somebody and sticks with them. And, and so she goes and spends time with, a, with another lesbian couple to try to figure out how to do it right. And she's going to take a couple of days and winds up being like four or six hours. Like that's all she could stand. But if she's like, you guys are really yeah. sweet, but I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. And um, showing the depth or broadening that character. So it's not, um, fixed on a trope or kind of assumed character roles. Yeah, it gave her reasons to be the way she is. And I, yeah. and I like that. And it gave a justification on why she felt the way she did or behaved the way she did. And I just thought overall, Jerry Johnson just did a really good job. Like she yeah. could have been, she could have been the lead for me, but yeah. she is awesome. Yeah. I really like her character too. So what's your one negative for the show, Ruth? So negative for me at times, like we're talking about tropes, right? Of the drunk person makes dumb life altering decisions. They will regret type of scenes. There's some of that, right? I'm like, okay. But as I'm saying that um, life in your 30s in New York or anywhere when you're single and or single-ish. So I wasn't single in my 30s, but I certainly probably my late 30s and 20s, you know, life can probably get a little... It's a little wild. Yeah, I'm not much of a drinker, so so when I, this trope happens <laughs> in any show, I'm just like, ah, whatever. You know, I can make stupid decisions without alcohol. So it's, <laughs> so I'm just, you know, it, what about it, it, yeah? No. It doesn't phase me a whole lot. I, I was, I, I enjoyed the scenes where Camille and Ian got high. That that was super funny to me because because I have that's, that's a part right of, and they, part of who I am. So we are like, hungry. I was yeah. just gonna say without outing you, what about when you're hot? Yeah, yeah, I know. So like I related laughing. to that a little bit more, and it was funny. They they did a but, good job of showing that experience. That's true, but she didn't go out, and that's you're more in in the couch. Although you could be, you could go out. No, yeah, they were definitely stuck in the couch. <laughs> definitely stuck in the couch for the most part <laughs> that's right <laughs> but yeah uh yeah the, the drunk stuff is not real big for me yeah i want to say that i'm not throwing stones though because i have done a few uh things while tipsy or drunk yeah <laughs> nothing like that happened in the not quitting my job that yeah, you was didn't drunk you've never drunk quit a job before that's i never good. drunk quit that would wow yeah how do you take that back yeah, yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can because it has to be in writing, or hopefully, if you have a That's... cool boss, like never mind, I was stressed. I don't know. <laughs> okay, if Trish is listening, I I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Well, hi. Okay, what about you? What was the negative for you? Uh, yeah, this one's it's yeah. My negatives tend tend to be a little petty, I think sometimes, but uh, mine too. A little okay. too much, like Emily in Paris, when it comes to wardrobe changes. Um, it's one of the things I'm, I don't like about Emily in Paris that you watch it and it seems like she changes her outfit at least 
two or three times every day. Oh and my so, gosh. <laughs> I know, but they're in Paris. They're no, in Paris. It's no, supposed nobody has to that much fashion. money. Nor do they have nor do they have the uh wardrobe space to yeah. have that many outfits in Paris, right? I mean they're in a small flat, the two of them are living in a <laughs> I know, and how do they the fit all bed. their clothes? They, they each do it, right? They both both those That's characters why it's fictional. Yeah, anyways. And then we can enjoy it. But I hear you. We that it, goes it's against a distraction your... for me though. It's a yeah, it does go against my beliefs. I'm more of a minimalist. Um spending the money on clothes like that. It seems to be, you know, detached from reality a little bit. And so I think that's yeah. what kind of distracts me from it. And I like more gritty, you know, <laughs> realism uh, than, you know, somebody that who's in their mid to late 20s being able to afford designer clothes three times a day is a little ridiculous to me. That's true. And then, okay, could it, it could work both days. So on one, both ways, excuse me, on one hand, it could be like, that's annoying because that can never happen or like, wow, I can live vicariously through this character and see what they're wearing. Cause that's interesting. And fashion is, is like interesting. Okay. But I, Oh, but <laughs> you know what? We're not arguing this point. I gotcha. No, I mean, I'm just asking you and you're asking yeah. me. Yeah. It's, it's my opinion. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to it. Regardless. Oh, and, and, oh, we can disagree on the, right. certain things. Right. Yeah. So, Ruth, uh, binge it or skip it? I say binge it, even if you don't like fashion. I'm just joking. <laughs> fashion, if you want uh, a New York City set show, Harlem in particular, with Black representation, just getting out of watching white people. Sorry, I'm just saying. And great <laughs> stories about best friends doing life together. It's vibrant, rich, and beautiful. We need more of this. We need more of these stories with showing all of the diverse people in our country and world. Uh, but anyway, and so as women, I think we can see and identify with many versions of ourselves, gender identity for some, sexual orientation, but also stages of life and relationships, fertility, all the things that we think about, or situations, mental health, relationships with parents, etc. So yes, I would say binge it. How about you, Roger? Yeah, I wasn't like super stoked when we first started watching it, um, but I do like dramedy. I, I do like the combination. And I think you make a really good point just then was that they do a really good job of telling the chosen family story. I think mm. um, that's very easy to believe that these people would choose to care for each other and, and be yeah. a part of each other's lives. Uh, very, very easy to believe. So I like that because I like the the idea of you have a family that you're born with and you have a family that you choose. And I think they did a really good job with that. It's one of the better dramedies that I've watched in the past six, nine months. So if that's your thing, I would say binge it for sure. If that's not what you're into, if you need to see dead bodies and stuff and, you know, people. <laughs> we were talking about that a lot last season. <laughs> yeah, people taking swipes <laughs> at each other and things uh, emotionally and verbally then this may not be it it does feel good and that's okay it's okay to just be in the moment and it is well done so that helps but if that's not your bag then i would say skip it, it may not be something you want to watch they do take swipes at each other sometimes well verbally they call each other out sometimes or they mm -hmm. keep it real it makes me want to live next to my friends i know we've taught some of us have talked about it 
Like yeah. in the same neighborhood. Jeez, even just in the same city would be. Nice. Right? I know. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, we want to thank everybody for coming and listening to this episode. We hope that you go out and binge watch Harlem. If you want to tell us what you thought, please go to our Facebook group, share your opinions about the things that we're talking about and the shows we're discussing. Um, Ruth, how else can folks get in contact with us or, or engage with us online? Yes. In addition to the Facebook group, you can email us at callthebingewife at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at call underscore the underscore bingewife. And we would love to see you online. Um, Shoot us an email as well. Thank you. Awesome. Engage, engage, engage. We would love to know what your thoughts are. If you're curious and don't know what to watch next, call the binge wife. 